Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hi, it's Amy McDonald's here. Welcome to this edition of the Arsenal Audio Program. Arsenal versus Tottenham Hotspur, Saturday, October the 1st, 2022, kickoff 12.30pm. The contents, captain's notes, around Arsenal, sustainability, player feature, Granit Xhaka, community voice, foundation voice, Arsenal women, academy young gun, around the academy, visitors, Tottenham Hotspur. Match action, Manchester United versus Arsenal. Match action, Brentford versus Arsenal. And teams. Martin Odegaard, Captain's Notes. It's been a while since we played here at the Emirates, and what a game to come back to. It's a big one for everyone and we're really looking forward to it. Being in a good run of form always helps your confidence and preparation. We're playing well. Our last performance against Brentford was really good, and it's great to take that feeling into the derby match today. I'm sure it feels great for you, our loyal supporters as well, going into the derby being on top, so let's make sure we can make our position even stronger today. I know the atmosphere will be brilliant again. I don't think we'll need any more motivation for this game. But of course, we feel even better with everyone behind us. I've played in a few of those derby games now, and they're always so special. I know how much it means to everyone around the club and the supporters. In fact, the whole week is special. You feel it around the club, around the building, and everyone is preparing for it, knowing that something special is coming. And right now, with both teams up at the top, there's even more on the game today. I'm expecting a great fight and one that we need to win in front of our own supporters. I've watched some of Tottenham's matches recently, and it's obvious they have great quality up front. They're really strong on the counter-attack, and that's why they're comfortable to defend a bit deeper, with five at the back. They know they have the quality up front to create something from any situation, so we have to be ready for that, and know that they'll be comfortable to play without the ball as well. They can create something out of any situation, so we have to make sure we stop that, kill the counter-attacks especially, and look after their players up front. I have some good memories of this game. 
I scored my first Premier League goal in the derby a couple of years ago, but that was in an empty stadium, and I would love to have that feeling in front of our supporters. As I said, we're feeling good coming into the match after that win at Brentford, and also winning in the Europa League before that. I came on in the win over Zurich in Switzerland, and that was a strange night for us because it was the day we heard that the Queen had passed away. We didn't really know what was happening because it was during the game, but then at half-time we were all told. We then put on black armbands and had the minute silence at the start of the second half. Everyone was taken aback to receive this news, but it was good that we could show our respects during the match. Games were postponed after that, of course, and the last game before the international break was away to Brentford, which I couldn't play in due to a slight injury. Watching it, though, I thought it was a very solid game. We controlled it from the start, looked very sharp and strong, and dominated it completely. It was just a really, really solid performance, away from home at a tough place, and that was after two weeks without being able to play a match. So it was a good performance all round, and we scored some good goals too. Fabio scored his first goal for us, and what a goal it was. So it was a brilliant day all round for us, and lots of positivity for us to take into the derby. At the end of that Brentford game, Ethan Ranieri came on and became our youngest ever player aged 15. It's similar to my story in a way, because I was about the same age when I made my professional debut. The big difference though is that I was doing it at a Norwegian club, and Ethan is at Arsenal. But then I went to Madrid and played there at the age of 16, so it's a bit similar. What I think is important now is to not put extra pressure on Ethan by speaking about him too much. We should just give him time to keep on developing his game. Obviously he's got lots of talent, and I'm sure he can make a big future for himself, but we need to give him space and time to carry on working without pressure. He needs to keep on playing, keep enjoying his football, keep working hard, and then you'll get what you deserve. For me, that's the most important thing to tell him. Keep working hard, keep pushing hard every day. Stay humble, and then your talent will be rewarded. He has lots of people around him to help him with his journey. And nobody will know better than his under-18 coach, Jack Wilshere, because he was in that position at Arsenal too. I'm sure he's in great hands, and he'll keep on working now, but he should be proud of making his debut too. I was really disappointed not to be able to play that game. I got a kick on my calf in the week before and was struggling a bit with it beforehand and I had to leave some of the training sessions. Then the last session before the game I had to go out again because it was too sore. So I stayed here for a few days after the game to do some rehab and all the scans and everything was fine. So I joined up with the national team and I was able to play twice for Norway. I feel fine now. They were very important games for us in the Nations League because we knew if we won the group we would have gone up to the next level and also that would help with seeding for the Euro qualifiers, so we were trying to get into the second tier of seeding. Unfortunately, we couldn't do it. We lost against Slovenia and Serbia, so we're still in level three in the Nations League, and it was very disappointing for us. They were two big games, which is why I really wanted to join up with the team and try to help them. But in the end, it was a disappointing week. From now, though, our focus is just on club football again. This is the start of a very big month and we want to get going straight away. Thanks again for your fantastic support. We'll be giving everything today to make sure you're all feeling happy at full time. Around Arsenal, Her Majesty the Queen.
Today's men's matchday programme is the first we have produced since the death of Her Majesty the Queen on Thursday, September 8th, age 96. Her Majesty gave remarkable service over eight decades to the United Kingdom and the Commonwealth, and we joined together with so many around the world in mourning her passing and extending our deepest sympathies to the royal family. Arsenal Life President Ken Fryer, OBE, began work at the club in 1950 and has been associated with the Gunners throughout the entire reign of Her Majesty the Queen. On her death, he spoke of his deep respect for her lifelong dedication and influence over society during the past eight decades. Her Majesty the Queen ascended to the throne two years after I began working in a permanent position at Arsenal. People often think the length of my association with the club is remarkable, and yet throughout nearly all that time Her Majesty was our Head of State, providing a model of devotion, dedication and inspiration. As Arsenal Football Club has written its history over that time, welcoming many hundreds of players and, of course, many thousands of supporters through our doors, Her Majesty created a truly remarkable legacy as she became one of the most recognised and respected figures across the globe. Like a football club, she evolved as the decades passed by, continuing to provide a sense of stability and pride in our nation, decade after decade. We were thrilled that she accepted our invitation to open Emirates Stadium in 2006, only for bad health to prevent her visiting on our special day. It was therefore wonderful that she invited players and staff to Buckingham Palace just a few short months later, honouring her commitment to celebrate a key moment in our history. Her love and support for sport was well known, and as recently as 2020, we were privileged to be able to send especially deserving supporters to her estate in Sandringham to watch the FA Cup final, along with her grandson, Prince William. And we did, of course, have a long association with the Queen's consort, the Duke of Edinburgh, who sadly passed away last year. On a personal level, I thought that she was indestructible, and she nearly was, striding through life with great determination and dedication while making everyone she met feel the most important person in the room. Receiving an OBE from Her Majesty in 2000 is a moment of which I am immensely proud, and I will always treasure. But what Her Majesty the Queen has meant to this football club is hard to put into words. However, what I would say is that we are honoured to have been able to flourish during her reign, and in addition, during my time at the club, we always recognise that the innate value she displayed, such as integrity, dedication, loyalty and excellence, were what we aspired to demonstrate at Arsenal Football Club. Our thoughts remain with the Royal Family. An award-winning month. Congratulations to Mikel Arteta, who was named Premier League Manager of the Month for August after the Gunners won all five matches at the start of the campaign, scoring 13 goals and conceding four. Well done also to Gabriel Jesus, who scored three goals and provided a further three assists, and Martin Odegaard, who also netted three times, who were both nominated for Player of the Month award. Gabriel Jesus won our Player of the Month award for August, while William Saliba's stunner against Bournemouth won our Goal of the Month award. Finally, we also want to say huge congratulations to Bukayo Saka, who has been voted the 2021-22 England Men's Player of the Year connected by EE.
Our 21-year-old winger is the first gunner to receive the honour since the award's inception 19 years ago. He was chosen by fans as England's star player of the past year and received the award at St George's Park ahead of England's Nations League fixture against Italy. He played nine times over the course of the international season with three goals to his name. Ref Watch This afternoon's referee is Anthony Taylor from Wythenshaw, Manchester. The 43-year-old became a Premier League referee in 2010 and, among many other big matches, he was in charge for the 2017 and 2020 FA Cup finals, both won by Arsenal. He has refereed today's teams a total of 74 times. Arsenal 37, 36 yellow cards, 6 red, and Tottenham 36, 66 yellow cards, 2 red. Mr Taylor has taken charge of six Premier League games so far this season, including our 2-0 win at Crystal Palace on the opening day. New PSV dates. Our home game against PSV Eindhoven in the Europa League, which was postponed during the period of mourning for Her Majesty the Queen, will now take place on Thursday, October 20th, with kick-off here at Emirates Stadium at 6pm. Our Premier League match at home to Manchester City, which was originally due to take place that evening, will be rescheduled. Our home match with Everton will also be rearranged. Dave Smith We were saddened to hear the news that our former reserve team coach Dave Smith passed away recently. Steve left his position as chief coach at Newcastle United to join the club in July 1972 to replace Steve Burtonshaw, who had been promoted to chief coach at Arsenal to replace the departing Don Howe. Smith was a close friend of manager Bertie Mee and had been a teammate of Burtonshaw's at Brighton and Hove Albion during their playing days. Smith later left the Gunners to become manager of Mansfield Town in April 1974 and he subsequently managed clubs including Southend United, Plymouth Argyle and hometown club Dundee. He passed away last month at the age of 88, and everyone at Arsenal sends their condolences to Dave's family and friends. NMR shirts for young role models Our No More Red initiative was launched in January, together with Adidas, to support the long-standing work being done by Arsenal in the community to keep young people safe from knife crime and youth violence. Within that, one of the aims was to spotlight the work of young people who have made a positive difference. At the Aston Villa game, we celebrated Abigail and Joseph. Abigail has been an inspiration to Goodinch Community Centre. Having overcome challenges within the community growing up, she now aims to help others in her local community. From a young age, she has helped run local community drama sessions for young people and she encourages youngsters to participate and take part in doing shows for local residents. Abigail has been dedicating her time to help at local lunch club for older persons in the area, as well as organising other activities which bring different groups of people together on a regular basis. She is very passionate about people's well-being and uses her own personal experiences to help overcome their own challenges. Joseph has lived in Islington all his life and now works in his local council, representing all young people across the borough. At the start of the pandemic, with all the uncertainties it gave to many, Joseph put himself forward to work on the council's food distribution centre. 
He showed tremendous passion towards supporting others and his work ethic eventually led him to running the food distribution centre, working with key partners such as Arsenal and his church. Having initially joined the council as an apprentice, Joseph is seen as a role model to others in the community. He has joined the council's mentorship programme and now mentors other apprentices across the council to support other young people with achieving their goals. He regularly attends schools to share his journey, inspiring many that anything is possible and help support other young people gain confidence. Joseph is very ambitious and with his hard work and innovative approach to tasks, we are confident that he will continue to grow and being many others with him. And at today's match versus Tottenham, we celebrate Sanchez and Thara. Sanchez is an Islington resident who has been a participant on our Kicks project for the past five years. Since joining our programmes at the age of 13, although he was shy, Sanchez immediately showed an interest in helping staff. He completed his FA Junior Football Leaders course at the age of 14 so that he could learn the basics of football coaching and a year later joined the Arsenal ball squad. Due to Covid disruptions, Sanchez spent three seasons as part of the ball squad, demonstrating outstanding commitment. Following his final season, Sanchez joined the Arsenal venue team, helping set up the stadium on match days and recently joined our community team as a sessional worker on a number of our local initiatives. Finally, Thara is passionate about football and has taken part in a number of different Arsenal in the community projects over the past three years. She did not have much football experience prior to joining our Girls' Kicks programme, however she quickly became an important member of the group through regular participation, encouraging other girls to join the programme and demonstrating excellent leadership skills. Thara is now playing for a local team in Hackney and attends a sports college as she pursues a career in the industry. Ethan makes history. Ethan Noaneri became our youngest ever player when he came on as a late substitute against Brentford on Sunday, breaking a club record that has stood for nearly 20 years. Aged 15 years and 181 days, the academy product and England youth international, too young even to sign scholarship forms until next season, took the record from Cesc Fabregas, who was nearly a whole year older when he played in the League Cup against Rotherham United at Highbury in October 2003. Schoolboy Ethan wasn't born when Cesc set the old record. His date of birth is March 21, 2007. The London-born attacking midfielder has also become the youngest player ever to play in the top flight of English football beating the record of Sunderland's Derek Foster set back in August 1964. Arsenal for Everyone It is almost a year since we launched our collaborative book Arsenal for Everyone with author Dave Seeger. The book celebrates how we as a club embrace and support diversity and focuses on our inspiring community of fans with varying physical disabilities. Dave was able to share the passion and commitment of an amazing group of fans, most of whom attend matches whether deaf, blind, partially sighted or wheelchair users. As a club, we are delighted today to welcome Marlon Christensen, the sole overseas supporter from the book. Marlon has cerebral palsy, and as you will read in the book, he has never allowed his condition to limit his enthusiasm for Arsenal. 
Marlon is making the pilgrimage from California with his brother Michael, where both are members of the Bay Area Gooners, the San Francisco arm of the Arsenal America Supporters Club. Since I first started watching Arsenal, I have dreamed of coming to the Emirates, said Marlon. I am so grateful to be here today where memories are made and traditions are passed down. It is more special to be here with my brother and my London friend Tal, who first introduced me to Arsenal. Special thanks to my new friend Dave who made this day work. Arsenal for Everyone is available from the book section at arsenaldirect.arsenal.com Record Breakers Arsenal women beat Tottenham Hotspur 4-0 here at Emirates Stadium last Saturday in front of a WSL record crowd of 47,367 fans, an attendance figure that beat the previous best of 39,262 for the North London derby at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in November 2019. Well done to everyone who attended for being part of history and supporters were well rewarded as the Gunners turned on the style to maintain their place at the top of the WSL. There is more in our gallery section and a full report elsewhere in this programme. Meet the mascots. We'd like to extend a warm welcome to today's mascots, Ryoma and Oliver. Ryoma, 10, is a massive Arsenal fan and has travelled all the way from Japan with his dad, Roiji, to be at the big game today. Tottenham's mascot today is Oliver, aged 11, from Milton Keynes. We also welcome Arsenal fan Lorenzo, aged 9, who will carry the ball out today. We hope you all have a brilliant day at Emirates Stadium. Graham Nichols. It is with great sadness that we report the death of our former academy scout, Graham Nichols. Based in Kent, Graham worked for us for many years and was a much-respected scout. He was also a valued and well-liked matchday host to parents and players attending first-team games. His kind and professional demeanour and his grasp of foreign languages helped assign many of the young players who have gone on to add to the success of our academy. We would like to extend sincere condolences to Graham's family and friends. Notice board, totalizer, £190. New Mexico United sends their congratulations to David and Chanel Visa Carl on their marriage. We love ya, we love ya. Jerry Key. Get well soon, Jerry. We look forward to seeing you back at Emirates very soon. From all your friends at Arsenal. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Happy belated birthday to my husband Ash and happy wedding anniversary too. Also wishing our dad a happy birthday. C-O-Y-G today. Mira and family. Grayson is supporting the team today and wanted to wish his lifelong fan dad Steve Mount a happy 30th birthday. Happy 16th Molly. Have the best day ever. Love, Big Grandma, Mum, Dad, Flynn and Lily. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Heartiest congratulations to my daughter Erica Plout on reaching the age of 40. You make me so proud. From her father Peter. Jared Emery, wishing you a very happy 10th birthday. We hope you enjoy your first North London derby. Love, Dad, Mum and Lucas. Happy 50th, Gary Allen. Love, Nick, Linz and Flynn. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Happy 30th birthday, Chris Lau. My best friend and partner in crime. Excited to see what the years ahead have in store for you, for us. 
Your kitties and I love you very much. Corbin Butler. Happy 14th birthday. Enjoy the game. Love, Grandad. Happy 12th birthday, Kobe Ricks. Have a great day. Happy 18th birthday, Christian Lynch, from all your family. Happy birthday to my beautiful wife, Natasha. Have an awesome day. Love, Rahim. Happy 11th birthday to football-loving Evie Yershon, who's here today and hoping for an Arsenal win. Love Mummy, Daddy, Elsie and all the family. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Happy birthday to the most incredible, selfless and kindest mum. Arsenal's and our number one fan. From Dad, Taliba, Hamza, Mohammed, Abdul and Hawa. Happy 80th birthday, Roger Lyons. A regular at Arsenal for 70 years. Love from the whole Lyons family. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Happy 17th birthday, Archie. Have the biggest day ever. Love from Jasmine. Kiss. Hashtag C-O-Y-G. Arsenal remembers Leslie Amos, an Arsenal fan who sadly passed away on September 8, 2022. She will be sadly missed by her husband John, two sons and all who knew her. Noah McMillan died peacefully at his childhood home in Maryland. He was a dedicated illustrator, marathon runner, football player, killer chef and ardent Arsenal supporter. Howard Bull, loving husband and dad, sadly passed away August 7th, 2022, age 52. He will be missed by all that knew him. Once a gooner, always a gooner. Tibor Simon, affectionately known as Jim, sadly passed away September 4th, 2022. He started supporting Arsenal in 1956 when he came over from Hungary and passed his passion to his children and grandchildren. He is sorely missed and will never be forgotten by all who knew him. Love you always. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Manny Lester, 1937-2021 A vibrant, fun-loving, kind-hearted gentleman. A lifelong Arsenal fan, much loved by wife, Jean and all his family. Andrew John Andy Pitter Unexpectedly but peacefully left us on July 26, 2022, age 58. Beloved son, brother, dad, granddad, uncle, great-uncle, nephew and cousin. A passionate fan who will be remembered. 1-0 to the Arsenal. Ticket news. Home tickets. Arsenal versus Bodo Stroke Glimt. Europa League, Thursday, October 6th, kick-off, 8pm. Cat, EL4. Tickets are on sale now to Silver, Red, Cannon and Junior Gunners members via Ticket Exchange. Arsenal vs Liverpool, Premier League, Sunday, October 9th, kick-off, 4.30pm. Cat A. Tickets are on sale to Silver, Red, Cannon and JG members via the Ticket Exchange service. Arsenal vs PSV Eindhoven, Europa League, Thursday, October 20th, kick-off, 6pm. Cat EL4. Tickets are on sale to Silver Red Cannon and Junior Gunner members via Ticket Exchange. Arsenal vs Nottingham Forest, Premier League, Sunday, October 30th, kickoff 2 pm. Cat C. Tickets are now on sale to Silver Red Cannon and Junior Gunner members via the Ticket Exchange service. Arsenal vs FC Zurich. Europa League, Thursday, November 3rd, kick-off, 8pm, CAT, EL4. 
Tickets are on sale to Silver, Red, Cannon and Junior Gunner members via Ticket Exchange. Away tickets. Bodo stroke Glimt versus Arsenal. Aspirma Stadium. Europa League, Thursday, October 13th, kick-off 5.45pm. For more details, go to arsenal.com. Leeds United vs Arsenal, Elland Road, Premier League, Sunday, October 16th, kick-off 2pm. We have received an allocation of 2,916 tickets for this fixture. Tickets are priced at adult £26, over 65s £25. Under 24s, £25. Under 19s, £22. Under 16s, £20. Under 11s, £8. Accessibility, adult, £25. Restricted viewer discounted by £2. Please go to arsenal.com to view the priority booking periods for this fixture. Southampton vs Arsenal, St Mary's Stadium. Premier League, Sunday, October 23rd, kick-off 2pm. This fixture sold out to all Platinum, Gold and Current Travel Club members 40-plus away points. Arsenal, League Champions, 1930 31, 1932-33, 1933-34, 1934-35, 1937-38, 1947-48, stroke 1952-53, stroke 1970-71, stroke 1988-89, stroke 1990-91, stroke 1997-98, stroke 2001-02, stroke 2003-04. Stroke FA Cup winners, 1930-1936-1950. 1971-1971-1973-1998-2002-2003-2005-2014-2015-2017-2020 League Cup winners 1986-87 1992-93 Charity Stroke Community Shield winners 1930, 1931, 1933, 1934, 1938, 1948, 1953, 1991 Shared, 1998, 1999, 2002, 2004, 2014, 2015, 2017, 2020 Fairs Cup winners 1969 stroke 70 European Cup winners Cup winners 1993 stroke 94 FA Youth Cup winners 1996 1971 1988 1994 2000 2001 2009 Arsenal Football Club 75 Drayton Park London N5 1BU Telephone 0207-619-5000 Website www.arsenal.com Email program at arsenal.co.uk Twitter at AFC Programme Directors Lord Harris of Peckham Stan Crunker Josh Crunker Tim Lewis Secretary David Miles Life President 
Ken Fryer, OBE Chief Executive Officer Vinay Venkateshwam Technical Director Edu Manager Mikel Arteta Sustainability The plot thickens. We have aerial maps now that show how the Arsenal Forest plot is fast approaching half full. In all, the plot of land assigned to offset the carbon generated in producing the matchday programme holds 39,000 neem trees. After a recent flurry of planting, we now have 19,000 trees in the ground in Bore, Kenya, ranging from freshly planted saplings to those which our workers plugged into the ground towards the end of last year, which are already taller than the women who plant and tend them. Our partners in the project, Carbon Link, calculated that 12,500 trees would provide the offset for a full season. So with 19,000 planted, we're not too far away from covering our second season. And as we now can tell you, the plot is very close to pushing past that 50% mark. Follow our lead. As a helping hand for supporters, we thought we would highlight four things we are doing at Arsenal Football Club that could inspire you to do something similar at home. 1. Install LED lights and sensors to turn off lights. If you have to remind your children or partner to turn off the light, installing sensors to make sure the lights go off automatically is good for the planet and, topically, beneficial to your bank balance too. At Arsenal, we have been changing our huge quantity of lights over to LED and using sensors to control their operation, removing the element of human interaction. 2. Turn down your thermostats. This is something we are committed to doing at Arsenal, and it's interesting to know that by reducing your temperature by 1 degree centigrade, it saves 1% on your energy bill. 3. Install water butts. The lack of rain throughout the UK saw hose pipe bans introduced across many parts of the country. Water efficiency remains at the forefront of our operation, especially as we use so much of it to run the stadium and to create the world-class playing surfaces at Emirates Stadium, London Colney and Hale End. The water recycling facility at London Colney helps to reuse rainwater and water used on the playing surfaces to re-irrigate. This practice can be used at homes with water butts attached to the roof drain pipes, perfect for creating your own Emirates-esque surface in the garden. 4. Cycle or walk to work Make your own heat by exercising more. Not only does moving keep you warm, it is also great for your physical and mental health and helps to take motor vehicles off the streets, easing congestion and reducing pollution. The cycle-to-work scheme we promote at Arsenal helps to spread the cost of the bike purchase, and many employers use similar schemes. It's worth checking to see if yours does. Remember, we also have a cycle park at Emirates Stadium, housed underneath Highbury House, so you can now use pedal power to watch your beloved gunners. The increased number of cycle routes in and around Islington and London makes cycling easier and safer. Grow your own. Carbon Link has already received lots of orders for trees from supporters wishing to add to the Arsenal Forest. 
More than 19,000 are now being planted. Thanks for getting involved. We want to expand our 12.5-acre area to make our forest as big as possible. There are three options to purchase trees. 25 for £25, 50 for £50, 100 for £100. If you are concerned about your own carbon footprint, this is an excellent way of making a small sustainable step in the right direction and also doing it in the name of the club you love. And what a unique gift for an Arsenal fan in your life. Scan the QR code on the programme for more information on our project and details of how to be part of our forest. Net Zero Heroes Every programme we hear how a member of the Arsenal women's squad is thinking about sustainability. This issue we hear from our new goalkeeper, Kaylin Marchese, who tells us, I'm really passionate about saving water. When I wash the dishes or clean my teeth, I always turn the water off between the washing actions, so I don't waste any. Also, continues our American stopper, when I go to the grocery store, I take a reusable bag or rucksack, so I don't have to take a plastic bag, and when I go to the store, I try to walk there or cycle. Lastly, I use a reusable water bottle for my water instead of buying plastic bottles. New to Arsenal, but an old hand when it comes to doing the right things for the planet. Thanks very much, Kaylin. You are an inspiration to Arsenal fans. What do you do? Whether your match day is at the Emirates, going to every away game, watching at your local pub or waking up on the other side of the world in the middle of the night and stumbling down to your sofa, we want to hear how you've made match day more sustainable. If we feature your story in the programme, we will plant 25 trees in our Arsenal forest for you with a certificate and GPS of your little bit of Arsenal in Africa. Sustainable supporter Ashley Gillion told us about his efforts. For matchday drinks, there's no more bottled water. I bought myself a nice arsenal flask to drink from. That keeps my drinks hot in cold weather and cold when it's hot. Secondly, when watching games, we have stopped ordering takeout, but rather choose to cook, cutting out the pollution from the delivery car and not buying unrecyclable packaging. We're always trying to make our carbon footprint smaller. Not really linked to match days, but more generally, we now make sure our deodorants are plastic and palm oil free and are also refillable. We also buy reusable products such as containers and freezer bags to avoid single-use plastics. Lastly, we have switched from some of our clothing to bamboo fabric to avoid plastics. This is something I would love Arsenal to do for their shirts and general clothing. Great effort, Ashley. Your trees are on their way. Player feature, inspirational Granite Xhaka. We speak to our players about where they find their inspiration. Our long-serving midfielder, Granite Xhaka, on what makes him tick, how his upbringing shaped his character on the pitch and off it, and what it means to hear the supporters singing his name. Granite Xhaka's famous will to win, determination, leadership skills and sheer resilience can all be traced back to his upbringing in Switzerland and, more significantly, his parents' own experiences in Kosovo before he was even born. 
Young Granite would have these virtues instilled in him by his parents when growing up in Basel, Switzerland, and they are values that still inspire him to this day, both on the pitch and off it. He says his upbringing shaped how he behaves in everyday life and underpins his spirit when he is playing as well. My main inspiration when I started my career was my dad, Granite explains. He played football himself before he got an injury, but it was not just that which inspired me. His life as a whole did. He taught me never to give up on anything, to be strong, mentally tough. He was the guy who inspired me the most. He was a professional for a club in Kosovo when he was younger. He was a winger, but unfortunately, by the time I was born, he wasn't playing anymore because he had to stop with injury. But really, he inspired me more as a role model rather than on the pitch. He went through a lot of very, very tough moments in his life. He's always been very strong mentally, and he taught me those same values that I have in football now, but also my life. The midfielder, who turned 30 on Tuesday, says he remains very close to his parents, who have been there every step of the way during his career so far. The Xhaka family also includes Granite's older brother Towland, of course, who plays international football for Albania. When the two came head-to-head during the 2016 European Championships, both his parents were in the crowd to support them, their mum sporting a half-and-half Switzerland and Albania shirt. My dad is always behind me, he says. He knows everything about the pressure of playing football and what we go through. It's not just him, though, my mum as well. She's a very, very important presence in my life. I can speak in a different way to my mum as I do with my dad, so for me, both of them are inspiring, because what they went through when they were young, we just don't see it now. I don't believe that the new generation today could do that. When my parents left Kosovo before the war, they were not prepared for it, but they did it. If we, this generation, had to leave our homes now, we wouldn't be prepared. We don't know the language or where we could go to. You don't know who to trust. You start with zero money, minus money. So to come from where my parents did is difficult to understand and is very inspiring for me because I don't think that us, this new generation, could cope with that. It's a completely different life that we have now. Granite started his career with FC Basel in Switzerland, where Towland still plays, before heading to Germany, aged 19, to sign for Borussia Mönchengladbach. His dad, Ragip, moved with him to Germany, while his mum stayed in Switzerland with Towland. It meant the family was split apart for two years, which Granite said was understandably tough on his parents. It was another character-building experience for the Xhaka family, though, and Granite says him and his brother were originally persuaded to go into football by their parents in a bid to keep them on the straight and narrow. One of the big motivators when I started football, especially from my parents, was so that me and my brother didn't go down the wrong route as kids, he says. It can be easy to be distracted when you are young, so they wanted us to play football to help us avoid problems like drugs or trouble when we were growing up. At the beginning, it's a good way of using your time, but it also teaches you discipline and respect for other people, so that's why we got into it at first. I think that was our parents' first objective when they sent us off to play football. Looking back, though, I don't think I would have ended up with different values if I hadn't gone into football. I was always quite well-behaved as a child. 
I was good at school, so if I hadn't become a footballer, I think I would be in an office right now, probably trying to build a business. I think I would have liked that challenge. How Granite would have utilised his desire and commitment, had he not gone into sport, will never be known. But he insists that it's his inbuilt character that has shaped his football career, rather than the other way round. I'm absolutely inspired by winning and doing the very best that you can be, he states. I believe that you were born with a winning mentality, or as a leader. I don't believe that you can become that later. I think it's within you. You either have it, or you don't have it. I like to have this feeling, because without challenges and these objectives in front of you, I don't believe you can achieve anything. This is how I've played all my whole career, and it's how I've lived my life too. I love to win, of course, but you need to find a balance. In life too, I need challenges. I need people round me to challenge me too, and that's the mentality I have. I have a lot of passion for football and sport, so I don't know how I would channel that if I wasn't playing now, he adds. It was always a dream to be where I am now, playing for my country and for one of the best teams in the world. But you can use that passion in other ways too, in whatever you do. I think that's how I would live my life whatever I was doing. I'm motivated to win, but that can mean different things away from football as well. I always dreamt of becoming a footballer, to have that passion and love of what I do, and now I'm here I try always to play with the same passion that I had when I was 16 or 17. Granite was 23 when Arsenal came calling in 2016, and he says he had no hesitation when the chance to join the Gunners came around. I liked the challenge. That's what I wanted when I joined. I love a challenge. I love to achieve something new. So I really wanted to join, to see what I can do. The Switzerland International added that the illustrious names from the club's past, in particular a legendary midfielder, also inspired him and not just for what he achieved on the pitch. When you go back in the history of Arsenal and what the club has done, it's amazing, he adds. First of all, the club has had so many amazing players, people like Patrick Vieira, for example. For me, he is a proper, proper legend at this football club. Still now, long after his retirement, he's a legend here because he's one of those who doesn't speak any rubbish about the club. He has respect for the club, which not everybody does. Then, of course, you have Arsene Wenger, who is an absolute gentleman and a huge part of the footballing history of Arsenal. Granite himself is now a big part of the club's history. He's played more than 250 times for the first team, at least 100 appearances more than any other player in the squad, winning two FA Cups and appearing in two other cup finals so far. He reveals that reaching these appearance landmarks and leaving his stamp on the club is also a huge motivating factor for him. If I'm honest, I knew that I reached 250 games at the end of last season, he smiles. So yes, I do look at the numbers too. Getting to 250 Arsenal games makes me very proud. If someone had told me in 2016 when I signed that I would be here for seven years or more, I would have taken that straight away. What I've gone through along the way and what this club has gone through in that time. Yet here I am. I'm still playing for the team. Still very, very happy here. Still working. Still enjoying my game. It makes me very proud. 
because I think it shows how hard I've worked in that time, how I've had trust from the people around me, from my coaches. It makes me very happy to think of that. I've had much more good times than bad times at Arsenal, he continues. The only real down moments I've had were the stuff with the fans three years ago, but everything else for me has been very positive, very happy, and there's been a lot of respect between everyone. During the difficult times, you find out which people are behind you, and I had a lot of people behind me still when things weren't as good. Also, I have my family, of course. They are the first ones there for me. There have been more good times so far this season as well. There's no doubt that Granite has been one of our top performers during our impressive start to the campaign, chipping in with goals and assists as well as his usual industry in the centre of the pitch. His input has certainly been appreciated by the supporters, and towards the end of our win at Bournemouth in August, a Granite Xhaka chant started to reverberate around the away end. It was a significant moment, given all that has gone before between the Gunners' faithful and our former captain. Asked about that afternoon at the Vitality Stadium, it's clear how much it meant to Granite. It was funny because I was joking with Alex Inchenko in the warm-up, he begins. They were singing his name after just three weeks at Arsenal. I told him, Alex, I've been here for six years and I don't have a song, and you've just got here and you do. So I was joking with him on the pitch beforehand, and then at the end of the game I could hear our supporters singing my name. Maybe they heard me chatting to Alex. But seriously, it was an absolutely amazing, amazing feeling for me, because everybody knows what I went through with the fans. That's in the past now. To turn it around and be able to show them the granite that I always wanted to show them, to feel connected and feel their love, gave me much, much, much more self-belief and also more desire to give them something back. So, hopefully, we can stay with this connection now, not just with me, but with all the players, because it's very important for us to feel the love from the fans. I was a bit surprised when I heard it, I didn't know what to do, but I want to say how much it meant to me and how much I appreciate it. And the team's fast start in general? We won our first five league games for only the second time in Premier League history. And, perhaps not surprisingly, Granite puts it down to our work ethic, in particular the work carried out on the training pitches during pre-season. Yes, our results show you how hard we were working in pre-season to get to this position he states. At the moment, we are doing well, and it's not usual to win five games in a row in the Premier League, at the start or not, but we still have a lot of games ahead of us. We can improve, and that's the good thing. We can see those improvements. It's always good when you can get better, and I have a good feeling that we are on the right way with that. The most important thing now is keeping our focus day by day, keep working, and afterwards, let's see how far it takes us. Community Voice Project Premier League Football Plus Established 2012 Participants in Starting 3000 Weekly Participants 300 Sessions Monday to Sunday Available to female participants aged 6 to 16. More information, jwarnock at arsenal.co.uk.
Sershaw is an 11-year-old from northwest London who is enjoying being part of the Football Plus programme run by our Arsenal in the community team in conjunction with the Premier League. My brother first told me about Arsenal's Football Plus session as he trains with Arsenal in the community and my dad then told the coach there, James Warnock, that I wanted to play football. After a chat with James, he invited me to attend the sessions. The first time I arrived to play, I admit I was nervous because I didn't know anybody, but they were all very nice to me. I've always been interested in football, and I had to persuade my dad to find me a team to play with. My life wasn't really good at the time. I was going through family issues, and football gave me something positive to focus on. James told me about other projects that the community department run, and I liked playing at the Arsenal Hub, getting to watch matches, then meeting the Arsenal women players and having a photo with them. Now I'm taking part in a league run by Arsenal in the community, which is the most exciting thing, making new friends and learning new skills. I also opted to join the boys' development group, which was much more challenging because they felt more competitive. I had to prove to myself that I was good enough to be in their team. I've made friendships through the project with people that I probably would never have met. This is important because it affects how we play on the pitch and how we connect as a team. The Arsenal staff on ice and James has been great in helping me develop new skills and giving me new opportunities in football, while Tan helps me stay confident and focused by always encouraging me. Training is always fun. Football has helped me to stay focused and find out what I want to do in life. It has helped me follow my dreams. I have learned how to communicate as well as discipline, new football skills, standing up for myself and remaining focused. These skills have really helped me in my new school. The number of girls who actually wanted to play football and were able to play with boys was very surprising. It means a lot to me to be part of Arsenal because this is the team I want to play for in the future. Playing for them right now is just the first step, and it feels great. I would say to others if they had the opportunity to join something like this, to take it. Because it might not come again, and it's a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. The project has given me more self-confidence and made me realise what I want in life. Foundation Voice. The Arsenal Foundation has helped Islington's Mahadevi Yoga Centre create a fund for families in need to either subsidise their sessions or to offer the first three classes for free. Emma from Camden tells us how it has helped her daughter Tyler, aged 22. My daughter Tyler has dystonia, and due to her lack of mobility, she's in a specialised wheelchair that requires her to stretch to prevent her muscles from aching or locking. Yoga therapy is the most affordable and effective option for this, but I looked for over a year and a half for a way to help Tyler because her condition was deteriorating and everything was either out of my price range or too far away. I found out about the Mahadevi Centre through another parent and we've always been given a warm welcome every time we go. Tyler is hoisted onto the mat and I leave them for the session and go and talk with the other parents. Denisa, the founder and lead therapist, 
has an hour with Tyler doing a full yoga program that's been tailor-made to suit Tyler's condition, including stretching, teaching her new positions and keeping her peaceful and calm. There have often been times when Tyler has been stressed before a session, but she always comes out happy. I've watched many others come in very shy and make amazing progress as the months have gone by. Denisa has shown me that Tyler is able to achieve much more than I believed she was capable of. Tyler can sit independently and she shows amazing determination. Denisa really goes above and beyond for Tyler and everyone else and I honestly couldn't ask for better people to look after her. They're very pure people and I don't know what I'd do without them. In many places I've been to I can see the staff are just there to do the job but I truly feel like it's more than a job to the staff at Mahadevi. I started going nearly eight years ago now. Tyler goes at least once a week. Most recently it's been twice a week. And if there's ever any further availability, then they'll let me know. So on occasion Tyler is able to go three or four times a week. Yoga has helped Tyler both mentally and physically. Not only has it allowed her to become more flexible, it's also helped her mentally and allows her to release stress. I also love the relationship Tyler has with Denisa. It's heartwarming to know they have a great bond, and Tyler is able to be herself, laughing throughout the session, as well as benefiting from it hugely. I support Arsenal, and before becoming a parent I was able to watch all the matches and support the club fully, but unfortunately, I don't have the time anymore. I do think it's amazing that the club is able to help local organisations in this way. Since the pandemic, it's been so hard for many people to find any type of help. So having Arsenal on board to support local communities and charities is an absolute blessing for me and many of the families I know. Arsenal Women Women Record Breakers Arsenal turned on the style to beat Tottenham Hotspur 4-0 in front of a record crowd at Emirates Stadium last Saturday. In form, Beth Mead got the hosts off to a perfect start by curling home the opening goal on just five minutes in front of 47,367 fans, an attendance figure that beat the previous Women's Super League best of 39,262 for the North London derby at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in November 2019. Jonas Eideval had made three changes to the starting eleven that faced Ajax the previous week, reinstating Laura Weinrother at right-back, installing Katie McCabe on the left wing and shifting Caitlin Ford into the centre-forward position. Our Aussie duo of Ford and Steph Catley looked dangerous throughout and Catley came close to doubling our lead on the half-hour mark. After driving through the centre of the pitch, she played a 1-2 with McCabe before her powerful shot hit the side netting. The Gunners were well on top, but the second goal didn't arrive until the stroke of half-time when Vivienne Maydemer opened her account for the season by pouncing on a loose ball outside the penalty area, advancing on goalkeeper Rebecca Spencer and coolly slotting the ball into the corner of the net for her seventh goal against Tottenham. The hosts headed inside for the half-time interval, having completely dominated, with nearly 75% possession and 10 shots to the visitors too. 
The only slight downside was that we hadn't scored more goals, but within ten minutes of the restart, Raphael made it three by rising high to meet a corner and unleashing a strong, looping header past Spencer. May Demma then added her second of the game, heading home Caitley's cross following a short corner. Ideval made a number of substitutions after the hour mark, with Jordan Nobbs, Stina Blackstenius and Lena Hurtig demonstrating our strength in depth. Mead was greeted with a standing ovation from the Emirates faithful as she made her way around the touchline. The whole squad took to the pitch at full time to thank the supporters and soak up the atmosphere. Arsenal had also made history of a different kind by racking up a record eighth successive clean sheet in the Women's Super League. And it's also ten wins in a row for Eideval's team as we build on a strong finish to the 2021-22 season to set the early pace at the top of the table. Back at the Emirates soon... If you enjoyed the North London derby or fancy getting in on the action, don't forget that Arsenal face in-form Manchester United at Emirates Stadium on Sunday, November 20th. Or that our first meeting of the season against defending champions Chelsea will also take place here on January 15th. There's a QR code to scan in the programme for tickets to these and upcoming games at Meadow Park. Gunners going to the World Cup. Leah Williamson, Beth Mead, Jordan Nobbs and Lot Vuben Moy helped European champions England to qualify for next summer's World Cup, with Leah and Beth starting in a 2-0 win away at Austria. That victory secured Serena Weichmann's side a place in next summer's showpiece, and they went on to bring the curtain down on a flawless qualification campaign by beating Luxembourg 10-0. Beth scored one and made a further two in that match, while Leah provided a delightful assist for Alessia Russo. England finished the group with 10 wins from 10, scoring 80 goals and conceding none. Manuela Zinsberger and Laura Weinrothers Austria have reached the playoff round after finishing as runners-up behind the Lionesses in Group D. There were plenty of other good news stories from the final qualification games. Sweden secured their spot at the World Cup thanks to a 5-0 win in Finland, in which Stina Blackstenius and Lina Hurtig both scored. Viviane Maydemmer's Netherlands and Frieda Manum's Norway have also qualified, along with Raphael Souza's Brazil. Caitlin Ford and Steph Catley's Australia were already assured of their place as co-hosts with New Zealand. Alongside Austria, Katie McCabe's Republic of Ireland, Jennifer Beattie's Scotland and a Switzerland side featuring Leah Valti and Noelle Maritz are all through to the playoffs, which take place later this month. Landmark Gunners. Big congratulations to Jordan Nobbs, who made her 150th Women's Super League appearance in last Saturday's North London derby, and Katie McCabe, who racked up a century of Women's Super League appearances at the same time. And there's also a special mention for Leah Valti, who received a framed shirt from CEO Vinay Vinkatesham before kick-off to mark her 100th appearance for the club in our Champions League match against Ajax on September 20th. So well done to all three. Fixtures and Results 
16th September, Brighton and Hove Albion, Homes, Women's Super League, 4-0. 20th September, Ajax, Home, UCL, 2-2. 24th September, Tottenham Hotspur, Women's Super League, 4-0. September, Ajax, UCL. 16th October, Reading, Women's Super League. 23rd October, Liverpool, Women's Super League. 30th October, West Ham United, Home, Women's Super League. 6th November, Leicester City, Women's Super League. 20th November, Manchester United, Home, Women's Super League. 3rd December, Everton, Home, Women's Super League. 10th December, Aston Villa, Women's Super League. 15th Jan, Chelsea, Home, Women's Super League. 22nd Jan, Brighton and Hove Albion, Women's Super League. 5th February, West Ham United, Women's Super League. 5th March, Liverpool, Home, Women's Super League. 12th March, Reading, Home, Women's Super League. 26th March, Tottenham Hotspur, Women's Super League. 2nd April, Manchester City, Home, Women's Super League. 23rd April, Manchester United, Women's Super League. 30th April, Everton, Women's Super League. 7th May, Leicester City, Home, Women's Super League. 21st May, Chelsea, Women's Super League. 28th May, Aston Villa, Home, Women's Super League. To be arranged, Manchester City, Women's Super League. Academy Young Guns Sebastian Ferdinand The Basics Born Watford, January 12, 2006 Joined Arsenal, May 2019 Height and weight, 5 foot 9 inches, 70 kilograms Position, winger, school, Verulam School, St Albans Squad number, 102 Rate yourself out of 100 Pace, 91 Dribbling 87, passing 83, shooting 85, defending 64, physical 87. Interview, Emma Holbrook, photography, David Price. The past, favourite Arsenal player of all time, Thierry Henry. Earliest Arsenal memory, playing with Arsenal on FIFA 10 on the Wii. Favourite goal I've scored, a volley against Crystal Palace. A football memory that makes me smile. Signing for Arsenal. The moment I realised I could make it. I realised that I had a different mindset to the average person. One piece of advice I would give to my younger self. Stay focused always. My best subject in school was geography or PE. The first player who made me fall in love with football. Cristiano Ronaldo. My position growing up. Winger or number 10. Coach who has impacted my game most, my dad. My most clutch moment so far, scoring two penalties in one game. The present, favourite rising footballer, Rodrigo. Best attribute on the field, travelling with the ball. One thing I'm doing to improve my education, being a lifelong learner. Favourite current Arsenal player, Gabriel Jesus. Favourite YouTuber. Nico or Milana or Chunks. Hardest working teammate, Harrison Dudziak. Most skillful teammate, 
Ethan Waneri. Favorite training drill. Small-sided games. Favorite music artist. Drake. At 16, I've already come a long way since the three-year-old who would kick a ball about in the park opposite his house. Anywhere in St Albans where there was green space, you'd find me playing. At the first opportunity, I wanted to join a Sunday league team. So where better than my local side, London Colney Colts, where my dad was the coach. He trained me from the age of six until I was 13, which is when I signed for Arsenal. He played a huge part in my football career and still plays a big part to this day. My Arsenal under-18 teammates Alexi Rojas and Omari Benjamin also played for Colts and we all signed for Arsenal in the same season. We grew up together. The Colts used to play and train over in Boreham Wood, opposite Meadow Park. After training on Fridays, we'd sometimes go and watch the Arsenal under-21 matches. It's so wild to think that there could be kids watching me there soon. My scouting journey at Arsenal was a whirlwind. After one of our Sunday league games, a scout came over to me and Amari and told us, You two boys are going in for a trial game at Arsenal. Be ready next Tuesday. I was a bit shocked. I remember turning up for that trial game and it was crazy because everyone was silent. Alexi was already on trial with Arsenal at the time, so he was on the other team as all the new trialists took on the current Arsenal Academy. Amari came on at half-time and scored a hat-trick. In another trial game, my eventual teammate Lewis Brown was on the other team, and we actually beefed a little during the match. We both went for a 50-50 ball, and I must have said, he only uses his left foot. Only problem was he hurt me, and didn't leave me alone all game. Lewis and I became real friends once I joined the academy, so I think he's forgiven me for the left foot comment now. In my debut under-13s game, he played a through ball to me and I scored a left-footed toe punt through the goalkeeper's legs. I also trialled at Norwich, Reading, Stevenage and Crystal Palace. None of them worked out, but of course, it turned out for the best. I took a bit of a break from going on trials to focus on my development and Arsenal came at the right time for me. Playing at Sunday league level for a while helped me really appreciate the things that I have now because sometimes it's easy to take it for granted. Signing for a club aged 13 after years of Sunday league is ideal because you get the best of both worlds. I officially signed for Arsenal about halfway through my eight-week trial. The work didn't stop there though. I'll never forget my first tour with the club to Florida. Playing great international teams really opened my eyes to how good footballers are elsewhere in the world. That was a pivotal point in my career, because you can be comfortable at Arsenal, but when you see the likes of Barcelona, Real Madrid and PSG, you realise there are a lot of people doing the work. It really motivated me to get better. For Omari and me, Arsenal saw our potential and gave us that platform. Our combination on the pitch has been feared far and wide from grassroots football. Now we're building that reputation in academy football. People know us as two boys from the same club and we link up well on and off the pitch. Seeing Amari as one of my best friends score a hat-trick in the under-18s North London derby was pretty special. But it was special to play in the game myself as it's a classic fixture at every level. 
Before the match, our coach, Jack Wilshire, even got Cesc Fabregas to share a message with us to show us what it really means. We're a very passionate bunch and when Jack's talking to us, we believe in everything he tells us, because he's been there and done it. He's been great for the game and for the club. In terms of my game, I think of myself as a tricky winger who works hard in and out of possession and can contribute with goals and assists to help the team. I'd love to get 20 goals and 10 assists across all competitions this season because as an attacker that's where the money's made and where titles are won. But that will come. With Jack I'm definitely working on my defensive actions and fine-tuning my finishing. I wouldn't say I'm a bad finisher but you can always get better. Just looking at the Premier League, Erling Haaland's already scored 11 goals this season. If you want to compete with the likes of him, you've got to be exceptional at finishing. Particularly within our club, I really look up to Bukayo Saka, Gabriel Martinelli, Emil smith Rao, Gabriel Jesus, all of them, really. Their flair and fearlessness to go at any player is something I'd love to add to my game. It's especially inspirational to watch the boys who've made it through Hell End, because you look at their progress and wonder, could I be next? And finally, before you ask, I'm not a relation to any of the Ferdinands. Rio Ferdinand, Les Ferdinand, they've been brilliant for the game. But I'm trying to be my own Ferdinand. I want to make headlines for being Seb Ferdinand. Strong young gunners are sustainable gunners. One thing I'm doing to help the environment. Make sure I recycle whenever I can. The future. A player who could go all the way. Amari Benjamin. If I could play with anyone. Cristiano Ronaldo. I will be happy with my career. If I sustain myself as a starter at a Premier League club. I want to make a difference. By inspiring the young generation. What I want to add to my game. More goals and assists. If I could get a degree in anything. Sports science. I would be a better player if I was more two-footed. If I could play in any other country, Spain. One person I want to meet, Cristiano Ronaldo. One trophy I would love to win, World Cup, Premier League, Champions League. Dream first team squad number seven. Around the Academy. Academy Roundup. The fact that our last two home games were postponed means there's a lot to get through in this Academy Roundup. And where better to start than our under-18s 4-1 victory over Tottenham Hotspur? Coming at the end of August, it was Jack Wilshere's first victory as head coach, and it was also a day to remember for first-year scholar Omari Benjamin, who scored a sensational hat-trick. Against Spurs, it feels that much better the Watford-born 16-year-old said afterwards. His sumptuous strike into the top corner gave Arsenal the lead after just four minutes and was followed by a pair of superbly taken goals before the half-hour mark. Tottenham grabbed a consolation in the second half, but Ethan Nguyeneri netted to give the Gunners a comfortable three-goal margin. The depth of the rivalry was no more evident than during Wilshere's post-match huddle where he asked his side to cheer as loud as they could so that Tottenham could see what the win meant. Every single one of you deserve this, the head coach told his players after the game. You're together, you've all got passion and you want to win. The previous day, 
Our under-21s had played out a hard-fought 2-2 draw at Brighton to maintain their unbeaten start to the season. Amario Cozier-Dubry equalised an early Brighton strike in the first half, his first goal for the under-21s, and we went ahead immediately after the break through Charles Sago Jr., but were ultimately pegged back by the Seagulls. He's got a really bright future ahead of him, said skipper Matt Smith about man-of-the-moment Cozier-Dubry after the game. He's got a lot of ability and he works hard as well. The Papa John's Trophy is always a hotly anticipated challenge for the under-21s as they pit their wits against the senior sides of League 1 and 2 opponents. And they began the competition on Tuesday, August 30th with a hugely impressive 2-0 win over League 1 side Cambridge United at the Abbey Stadium. 19-year-old winger Nathan Butler Oyadeji scored both goals, with goalkeeper Carl Hine also impressing. Wherever Mehmet plays me, I think I can do a great job, Butler Oyadeji said after the final whistle. I'm really enjoying playing under Mehmet and Max Porter. They've given me the belief and confidence to play how I want to play. Into September, the under-18s suffered a 4-2 reverse to Newcastle United in the Premier League Cup. Elian Casada thorne equalised after we fell behind early on, and Kalal Green put us ahead after a 1-2 with Sebastian Ferdinand. But the hosts took over after the break, scoring three more goals without reply to ensure our cup campaign got off to a losing start. There was better news for the under-21s on the same day, as they triumphed 4-1 at home to Blackburn Rovers in Premier League 2. Cozier Dubry continued his good form with the opener, with Sago Jr. doubling the lead. After a torrential downpour at Boreham Wood, Blackburn pulled one back, only for Sago Jr. to restore the two-goal cushion. There was still time for Captain Jack Henry Francis to get on the score sheet late on, to make it five games unbeaten at the start of the season. Three days later, Mehmet Ali's under-21s faced continental opposition in the form of Feyenoord in a friendly at Meadow Park with Butler Oyadeji scoring his fourth goal in five games in a one-all draw. Tottenham. 30 years of the Premier League. Games, 1,159. Wins, 507. Losses, 369. Goals, 1,763. Goals conceded, 1,445. Seasons in the Premier League, 30. Highest position, 2nd, 2016-17. Lowest position, 15th, 1993-94. Finished in the top half, 24 times. Most appearances, Hugo Lloris, 343. Most goals, Harry Kane, 189. Like Arsenal, Tottenham have made an excellent start to the 2022-23 Premier League season. With five wins and two draws from their opening seven matches, Antonio Conte's side sit a point and two places behind the table-topping Gunners. The only points they have dropped so far have been away from home in London derbies, 2-2 at Chelsea on August 14th when they scored a stoppage-time equaliser and... 1-1 at West Ham United in their most away fixture, which is as far back as August 31st. In fact, while Spurs have won all five of their home fixtures this season, 
including their UEFA Champions League opener against Marseille 2-0. Their only win on the road was at Premier League newcomers Nottingham Forest, with two Harry Kane goals securing a 2-0 victory at the City ground on August 28th. Their sole defeat this season was in their first away fixture in Europe, when they conceded two late goals to lose 2-0 at Sporting Lisbon. Tottenham will be returning to Nottingham for their Carabao Cup third round clash next month. It was in that competition that the club last won major silverware back in 2007-08 when they overcame Chelsea 2-1 after extra time in the Wembley final. Indeed, that is the only trophy Spurs have won this century. A fact, of course, that is not lost on Arsenal fans. The arrival of such an experienced and successful coach as Conte who was appointed 11 months ago with the club struggling in ninth place, is clearly helping the Tottenham cause. The charismatic Italian, who won both the Premier League and FA Cup with Chelsea, achieved his first objective with Spurs last season when he led them into the top four, securing a return to the Champions League after a two-season absence. This is Spurs' sixth season in Europe's Blue Ribbon Club competition which includes a runners-up finish under Mauricio Potocino in 2018-19 when they lost the final 2-0 to Liverpool in Madrid. It is also the 16th season in the last 17 that the club have been involved in European competitions in some capacity. These are clearly good times for Tottenham fans, but they need to be crowned with silverware. Will 2022-23 be the season? Time will tell. But for now, their supporters are hopeful, and a win at Arsenal today would doubtless ramp that optimism up to another level. The boss, Antonio Conte, head coach, born 31st of July 1969, Lecce, Italy, previously Arezzo 2006-7, Bari 2007-9, Atalanta 2009-10. Siena 2010-11, Juventus 2011-14, Italy 2014-16, Chelsea 2016-18, Inter Milan 2019-21. A former Juventus and Italy midfielder, Antonio has developed into an outstanding coach. He joined Tottenham last November to replace the ill-starred Nuno Espirito do Santo having left Inter Milan six months earlier after leading the Nerazzurri to the Serie A title. It was his fourth Scudetto following a hat-trick of successes with Juventus from 2011-12 to 2013-14, which preceded a two-year spell with the Italian national side. He then joined Chelsea, winning the Premier League in his first season and the FA Cup in his second. Number 1. The Captain Hugo Loris, goalkeeper, born Nice, France, 26th of December 1986, previously Nice, Lyon. Withdrawn from the France squad for their recent UEFA Nations League games, Hugo will hope to be fit and available for this afternoon's North London Summit meeting, having been present between Tottenham's posts for the club's last 93 consecutive Premier League games. France's World Cup winning captain in 2018, he has been capped 139 times by Les Bleus, just three shy of Lillian Thuram's national record, and completed a decade as a Spurs player last May, 
having joined in 2012 from Lyon. Number 15, The Cornerstone, Eric Dyer, Defender, born Cheltenham, 15th of January 1994, previously Sporting Lisbon. Recalled to the England side last month after an absence of almost two years, Eric was duly rewarded for some outstandingly consistent performances in the centre of the Tottenham defence during the past 11 months under Antonio Conte. The former midfielder who joined from Sporting Lisbon eight years ago has made well over 300 appearances for the club. Without a goal in the last three campaigns, he has already scored twice this term, the latest a header in the recent 6-2 win against Leicester. Number 5. The Fulcrum Pierre-Emile Hodgebjerg Midfielder Born Copenhagen, Denmark 5th of August 1995 Previously Bayern Munich, Augsburg, Lone, Schalke, Lone, Southampton. After four years as a passionate Premier League servant to Southampton, the last six months as club captain, former Bayern Munich prodigy Pierre-Emile left to join Tottenham on a five-year deal in 2020 and has proved to be an outstanding addition to the Spurs ranks, missing just two Premier League games since his arrival. A dependable midfield enforcer and playmaker in one, he starred for Denmark at Euro 2020 and now has 80 international caps. Number 10. The Nemesis, Harry Kane, forward. Born Chingford, 28th of July 1993. Previously, Leighton Orient, Lone, Millwall, Lone, Norwich, Lone, Leicester, Lone. The top scorer in the history of the North London derby with 13 goals, Harry is the finest English striker of his generation. The captain of his country, he was the Golden Boot winner at the 2018 World Cup, a four-goal marksman at Euro 2020, and in June became only the second player to reach a half-century of goals for England. He boasts a club record of 189 Premier League goals for Spurs and has already struck six times in seven games this season. Number 7. The Hat-Trick Hero, Son Heung-Min, forward, born, Chungcheon, South Korea, 8th of July 1992. Previously, Hamburg, Bayer Leverkusen. Widely recognised as one of Asia's finest ever footballers, with a host of Continental Player of the Year prizes to prove it, the pacey, two-footed South Korean international joined Spurs from Bayer Leverkusen in 2015 and has become a major hit with his tireless industry and eye for goal. Now 30, he was the Premier League's joint top marksman last term with 23 goals and opened his 2022-23 account with a brilliant hat-trick as a substitute in the 6-2 rout of Leicester two weeks ago. Number 21. The Sweet Left Foot. Dejan Kulusevski. Forward. Born Stockholm, Sweden, 25th of April 2000. Previously, Atlanta, Palmer, Lone, Juventus, Palmer, Lone. Tall, powerful, and skillful, Dejan has been a revelation since joining Spurs on loan from Juventus last January. Goals, assists, and an all round attacking threat from the right flank, making him a firm favourite of the Tottenham fans. Born to Macedonian parents in Stockholm, the 22-year-old has become a regular Sweden international, representing his country at Euro 22. 
voted Syria as Young Player of the Year in 2019-20. stroke The gifted left-footer was a Coppa Italia winner with Juve the following season. Number 9. The new boy from Brazil. Ricarlison, forward. Born Nova Venencia, Brazil. 10th of May 1997. Previously, America Mineiro. Fulminese, Watford, Everton. A summer signing from Everton where he spent four seasons scoring 53 goals in 152 matches, Ricarlison made his mark for Spurs on his Champions League debut with a brace of late-headed goals to win their opening fixture at home to Marseille. The all-action 25-year-old is a regular international for Brazil, for whom he scored twice in a friendly against Ghana last month, plus six in qualifiers for the 2022 World Cup, where he will hope to make a big impression this winter. Number 14. The seasoned campaigner. Ivan Perisic. Midfielder. Born. Split. Croatia. 2nd of February 1989. Previously, Sochal, Roselaire, Lone, Club Bruges, Borussia Dortmund, Wolfsburg, Inter Milan, Bayern Munich, Lone. A summer signing from Inter, Ivan has seen it and done it all with a variety of big-name European clubs, notably winning the treble of Champions League, Bundesliga and German Cup while on loan to Bayern Munich in 2019-20. It is 11 years since he scored against Arsenal on his Champions League debut for Dortmund and four since his equaliser against England in the 2018 World Cup semi-final. The two-footed 33-year-old won his 115th cap for Croatia as they qualified for the Nations League finals last Sunday. Scouting report. Words. Michael Cox. Photography. Getty Images. In an era where other top managers are obsessed with tactical flexibility, Antonio Conte prefers tactical consistency. With Tottenham, Conte almost exclusively uses a 3-4-3 system the same formation he used for the majority of his title-winning campaign with Chelsea in 2016-17. But knowing how Tottenham will play is one thing, stopping them is another. Tottenham's campaign so far has been curious, in that they have remained unbeaten despite rarely dominating matches. But in a way, that is Conte's objective. Tottenham thrive when breaking into space, often on the counter-attack, but not exclusively on the counter-attack. Their best moves often come when they have possession in deep positions, then put together lightning-fast passing moves that cut through the opposition lines quickly and get the ball to the front three on the run. They feel like counter-attacks, but Tottenham start with possession. Stopping the front three will be Mikel Arteta's primary objective this afternoon. His defenders need little introduction to Harry Kane, who has an excellent record in North London derbies. He continues to appear as both a number 9 and a number 10 in different phases of play, and when he comes short he needs runners in behind. Kane is the only surefire starter, because the arrival of Ricarlison has given Conte something of a selection dilemma. The Brazilian came into the place of right-sided Dejan Kulusevski, who was harshly dropped having often been Tottenham's standout player this year. Then Kulusevski returned for the 6-2 win over Leicester, with Song Hyung-min dropping out and Ricarlison moving to the left. Son was then introduced as a substitute, scored a hat-trick 
and will surely start today, having caused Arsenal problems in Spurs' 3-0 win late on last season. That essentially means a choice between Rakalison and Kuluzewski on the right. Rakalison brings aggression, power and speed in behind, which might be the order of the day. Spurs tend to play better when Kuluzewski is in the side, however, dribbling in tight spaces and knitting things together. In midfield, Pierre-Emile Hojoberg plays an energetic ball-winning role and sometimes storms into attack, while Rodrigo, while Rodrigo Bentancur is a much calmer distributor. Yves Bissouma offers another option and may feature from the bench if Conte wants to switch to a 3-5-2 formation. Emerson Royale has generally started down the right, but against Leicester, Ivan Perisic switched from the left to the right allowing Ryan Sigerson to come back into the side. Curiously, for a period either side of half-time, Conte switched Perisic and Sessegnon, with the latter playing an unfamiliar right-sided role. Eric Dyer is the only ever present at the heart of the defence, with Clement Lenglet replacing Ben Davis in the left-sided role. The South American duo of Davinson Sanchez and Christian Romero have both played the right-sided role and are generally the most aggressive defenders in Spurs' back three. Distribution problems. Hugo Lloris remains a dependable shot-stopper, although at times this season his distribution has been a problem, particularly in a poor team performance in the 1-1 draw at West Ham. Lloris is an injury doubt and could be replaced by Fraser Forster, who has yet to make his Spurs debut. So whoever lines up in goal can expect to be given no time on the ball from Arsenal's energetic front line. Match action. Premier League, Sunday, September 4th, 2022. 4.30pm, Old Trafford. Manchester United 3, Arsenal 1. Timeline. 12 minutes. Martinelli fires us ahead, but the goal is overruled by VAR for a foul in the build-up. 35. Anthony scores in the box to open the scoring for the hosts. 60. Saka is in the right place to tuck home the loose ball for 1-1. 66. Rashford scores on the counter-attack. 75. Rashford nets again from a breakaway. Facts. Each of our last 10 goals have been scored left-footed. Only Chesk Fabregas, 52, has been involved in more Premier League goals for the Gunners before turning 21 than Saka, 18 goals, 17 assists. Each of Saka's last two goals have come against Manchester United. Match action. Premier League, Sunday, September 18th, 2022, 12pm. GTEC Community Stadium, Brentford 0, Arsenal 3. Saliba, 14th minute. Jesus, 28th minute. Vieira, 49th minute. Full time, 3 0. Stats, expected goals, BFC 0.8, AFC 1.2. Possession, BFC 36%, AFC 64%. Total shots, BFC 5. AFC 13 Shots on target BFC 2 AFC 7 
Completed Passes BFC 321 AFC 592 Corners BFC 3 AFC 3 Tackles 1 BFC 13 AFC 9 Yellow Cards BFC 0 AFC 2 Red Cards BFC 0 AFC 0 Timeline 14th Minute Saliba rises highest to head home Saka's corner via the post. 28th minute. Jesus doubles the lead with another header, this time from Zaka's clever chip. 49th minute. Vieira scores his first Arsenal goal on his full debut by firing home from 25 yards. 66th minute. Raya defies Zaka with a driving save. 90th minute. Ethan Wanneri comes on for an historic debut. Replacing fellow Halen graduate Saka. Facts. This was Brentford's heaviest home defeat in the top flight since May 1947. Bukayo Saka has 37 Premier League goals plus assists, 18 goals, 19 assists, the second most of any player aged 21 or younger for the club in the competition, behind only Cesc Fabregas. At the age of 15 years and 181 days, Ethan Wanneri became our youngest ever player in all competitions and the youngest ever in the top flight of English league football. Mikel Arteta Fabio Vieira is a creative player. He needs to play with his gut feeling and instinct and we need to create as many scenarios for him as possible to put his talent to the service of the team. Teams. Teams For Arsenal Manager Mikel Arteta Shirt red with white sleeves Shorts white Socks red 1. Aaron Ramsdale Goalkeeper 3. Kieran Tierney 4. Ben White 5. Thomas Partey 6. Gabriel Magalhães 7. Bukayo Saka 8. Martin Odegaard 9. Gabriel Jesus 10. Emil Smith-Rowe 11. Gabriel Martinelli 12. William Saliba 14. Edion Kitia 16. Rob Holding 17. Cedric Suarez 18. Takehiro Tomiyasu 21. Fabio Vieira 23. Albert Sambi Lokonga 24. Reese Nelson 25. Mohamed Elneny 27. Marquinhos 30. Matt Turner, goalkeeper 31. Carl Hine, goalkeeper 34. Granit Xhaka 35. Alexandra Zinchenko 83. Ethan Nguaneri For Tottenham Hotspur, manager Antonio Conte Shirt, white, shorts, navy blue, socks, white 1. Hugo Loris, goalkeeper 2. Matt Doherty 4. Oliver Skip 5. Pierre-Emile Hoybier 6. Davidson Sanchez 7. Hyung-Min Song 9. Richarlison 10. Harry Kane 11. Brian Gill 12. Emerson Royal 14. Ivan Perisic 15. Eric Dyer 17. Christian Romero 19. Ryan Sessignan
20. Fraser Forster, goalkeeper. 21. Dejan Kolozewski. 24. Dejed Spence. 25. Jafet Tanganga. 27. Lucas Moura. 29. Pape Matassar. 30. Rodrigo Bantanker. 33. Ben Davis. 34. Clement Langlit. 38. Yves Basuma. 40. Brandon Austin. 42. Harvey White. Referee Anthony Taylor. Assistant referees Gary Bezik, Lee Betts. Fourth official Robert Jones. VAR official Jared Gillett. Additional VAR official Timothy Wood. Today's other fixtures 3 p.m. unless stated Bournemouth vs. Brentford. Crystal Palace vs. Chelsea. Fulham vs. Newcastle United. Liverpool vs. Brighton and Hove Albion. Southampton vs. Everton. West Ham United vs. Wolverhampton Wanderers, 5.30pm. No room for racism. The Arsenal Foundation, helping young people fulfil their potential through education and sport. It's time to step up your cyber protection. Get hashtag CyberFit with Acronis. Acronis, official partner of Arsenal. Adidas.com slash Arsenal. Arsenal. Where we belong. No room for racism anywhere. Arsenal and the rest of the Premier League will not tolerate racism anywhere. And we are taking action to combat all forms of discrimination. But we can all do more. Challenge it, report it, change it, and together we can make a positive impact. Visit premierleague.com forward slash no room for racism to find out more. Hashtag no room for racism. Challenge it, report it, change it. Premier League. Awesome. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.